This is an energy sport podcast. Insightful, in-depth and entertaining sports content from Napier to you. Hello and welcome to another episode of Broken Front Wings, the F1 podcast on energy sport. This week it is the jewel in the crown, Monaco, Monte Carlo. And it's even more interesting because of the way the weekend is set out. It means your race preview, traditionally as we upload on a Thursday evening, is coming to you after free practice has taken place, or at least the first two free practice sessions have taken place. So we have some data and some actual observation to base some wild speculation on this week, don't we? Indeed. We're not just taking a stab in the dark and making things up and talking out of our arses this time. So, yeah, pretty good. Well, we'll be doing a fair amount of that anyway. But we do That's have true. some actual <laughs> actual track running to uh, to spice it up a little bit this week. Of course, this is the first time Formula One has been back to Monaco since 2019. Of course, 2020, Monaco was one of the many races that unfortunately didn't take place because of the coronavirus pandemic, which meant that 2020 was the first ever F1 season that did not feature Monaco on the calendar. It's good to be yeah. back, though. It is indeed, because when Monaco, when I watched it in the race in 2019, I wasn't particularly bothered by Monaco, it was what it was, it's just Monaco, it's just another, just another race. Didn't really miss it in 2020, but now that Monaco is here, I'm really excited for it. Um, yeah, it's just such iconic, and it, F1, the F1 season last year was definitely missing something to not have it. Mm, yes, it was indeed missing something. Of course, Monaco is a much higher downforce track, so we're expecting Red Bull have traditionally gone well here. But from the basis of free practice, it looks like it's actually fairly close at the front with, hallelujah, Ferrari fastest in free practice too, as they were the only ones that could actually seem to read the traffic and manage a gap. Of course, traffic is a very difficult problem to contend with in Monaco. Indeed. Indeed it is. Um, Yeah, although... One thing that is worth noting, Red Bull were first and third in first practice, so, you know, not to knock you off your... your they were, horse, but... they were, but I think it would also be worth pointing out that in first practice, Sergio Perez set his fastest lap time on the soft tyre, and Carlos Sainz was less than a tenth of a second behind him on the mediums in the Ferrari, so I have high hopes for this weekend. I think Ferrari oh, could scrape know. a decent result out of this weekend. Yeah, you never know when Mazepin's going to punt into somebody or have a wee spin. That's very true, but of course Mazepin, despite all of our predictions last time out, has managed to keep it out of the barriers thus far, which I'm, I'm very surprised about, personally. So am I, so am I. I can't I, believe I, it. I, th- I think it's coming, though, at some point over the weekend. Yeah, it'll either be I think in qualifying, or at an opportune moment for Charles Leclerc in the race when he starts from pole. Mm. That's definitely what's going to happen. So yeah. Monaco is the higher downforce track. Red Bull potentially the favourites on paper to succeed well there. We are at the softest end of the Pirelli tyre compound range, but the race is still traditionally a one-stop and track position is key. Indeed, yeah, Saturday is very much important in Monaco because it's very tight, there's only one DRS zone, so it's very hard for any overtaking to be done. 
So yeah, it's all all down to Saturday. And if somebody has a bad qualifying and misses up, then pretty much it. There's other than a safety car coming out. There's not really much they can do to to get by. Mm. And of course, Monaco is. I think Nelson Piquet was the one who described it as like trying to ride a bicycle around your living room. The barriers are so close to you on every single corner. And of course, it's one of the very few racetracks on the calendar where the corners have names. And it's not just turn one, turn two, turn three, or at least they still refer to them as those. But they have proper names. They've got we've got Saint Devot, which is named after a church dedicated to Saint the Saint Devot, who I believe her body washed up on the shores of Monaco. You've got Massenet all the way up to Casino Square, which is fairly self-explanatory. Then you go down the hill to Mirabeau, and then the Lowe's Hairpin, or the Grand Hotel Hairpin, or the Station Hotel Hairpin. That one changes with sponsorship deals. And then down to Portier 1 and Portier 2, through the iconic tunnel, into the Nouvelle Chicane, which has been reprofiled this year, then through Tabac, where there is a tobacconist on the corner there, then to La Piscine, the swimming pool chicane, then to La Rascasse, where there is a restaurant called La Rascasse, I believe, and they take the barriers away on the Friday and the Saturday night and put tables and chairs for the pub out on the track. And finally, the last corner of Antony Noge, which is named after the man whose brainchild the circuit was. Yeah, interesting. I do like it when uh, when they've all got names and if anybody's got a spare seat, I would like a seat at that pub. That would be that would be a indeed. good pub to go to, wouldn't it? That, that would that would be a good a good night out. Um, Expensive, yeah. I bet, but it would be oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> you probably have about twenty quid for a pint of water or something like that. That would be almost Edinburgh Royal Mile prices. I know. I was on the Royal Mile drinking the other day. Six pound fifty for a pint of Heineken. I was. Yeah. <laughs> I was almost crying. Yeah, that was we went awful. <laughs> yeah, I think my dad. Um, it was quite a few years ago. I was too young to drink, but we were with um some friends and the three adults that were there, or three people who are over eighteen, all had uh, gin and tonics. I think they spent like fifty quid on three gin and tonics. That is shocking. Double double measures, but yeah, it's just mental. That is shocking, and double measures are the way to go. And there is certainly only double measures and no half measures. At McLaren, who this week announced a contract extension for Lando Norris, which is keeping him at the team for at least another three seasons, which is good news for you as a McLaren fan. Oh yes, definitely. As a McLaren fan and a Lando Norris fan, you need to add in the, the distinction there. <laughs> um, yeah, very much. Um, McLaren very much don't want to lose Lando Norris. They want to keep him. He's theirs. Um, McLaren are basically saying, hands off. You're not getting him. Um, and they very much see him as the driving force, pardon the pun, in their recovery. Um, of course, Daniel Ricciardo plays a key role, but until he gets up to speed in the car, um, it's going to be Landon Norris mainly doing the, the heavy lifting. So, yeah, it's good to see. And, um, of course, if anybody wants to read a little bit more about that, I have written an article over at energysport.net. So, yeah, Ooh, a little shameless plug. Cheeky wee plug there. Of course, Lando, Lando has been a driver that has showed great progression in his, so far, th- two and a bit years in F1. He has 
stepped up the game at every single time of asking. He had a very solid rookie season. He made a clear step forward last season, and he's made a huge step forward again this season. He's certainly rising to the challenge of what is expected of him as he gathers experience. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think a win either this year or assuming they continue their progress next year, a win is certainly on the cards for McLaren because they've always been the third fastest car, and all it takes would take um would be for Red Bull and Mercedes to have a complete awful race, and then just I don't know. McLaren definitely have the third fastest car, and London on some in that tracks. Car. On most tracks. On some track, we've only been at five so far. This is only round five. No, no, no need to go pumping up the McLaren. Are going to win a race. That's well, Ferrari's crown. Yeah. <laughs> that, that Ferrari is, is improved, but it's not improved. I'm, I'm, com- I'm completely impartial, as you well know. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're fucking not. <laughs> oh, dear. What were we talking about practice earlier on? Huh? Mm-hmm. You, you were uh, going on and on about Ferrari. Ferrari. Anyway. In fact, Red Bull McLaren... were just as fast. Mm, that is debatable. That is a very debatable. It's Monaco and it's the traffic, and Red Bull didn't get the traffic right, and Ferrari did. And Ferrari of course, locked in, into in it. Free pra- they didn't lock into it. That was pure strategy and genius, finding finding the gap and knowing to send them out. Then that was not luck by any stretch, and knowing how to do that with both cars as well. That will serve them very well, come qualifying on Saturday. Uh, of course, if you missed free practice, Sergio Perez was fastest in free practice one. However, he did set his lap time on the soft tyre, whereas both Max Verstappen and Carlos Sainz, who were second and third, set their fastest times on the medium tyre and were well within catching distance of Perez. So they would have been, if they'd gone on the softs then, they would have been fastest by some distance. Uh, and it was a Ferrari 1-2 in free practice too. It was Charles Leclerc who fairly impressively put it fastest having missed most of the morning session uh, and he was a good four tenths faster than Lewis Hamilton. Now I don't know if you saw uh, Sky Sports did a comparison between Hamilton's lap and Leclerc's lap and there was several points on that lap that before they even before Hamilton even hit one bit of traffic that Leclerc was already faster than him. Now, of course, we don't know what engine modes are, or what fuel or what uh, MGUK modes are being used, what hybrid modes, what fuel levels the cars are running at. But to be four tenths faster than Lewis Hamilton, what seems to be merit, does that suggest that? Mercedes are once again struggling at Monaco, as we have seen a few times in recent years. Yeah, I think Mercedes they're either going to struggle quite a bit or they're going to have to work quite a bit harder um, at this track. The Ferrari is, has done very well, I must. Um, I do concede that fact. <laughs> but, yeah, this is a high downforce track, as you already said. Ferrari and Red Bull, the, those cars like a high downforce track. So I think it's encouraging to see that um, Ferrari are uh, so high up. Um, but I wouldn't discount McLaren. Uh, 
P6 and FP2 for Landon Norris and P7 and FP1 for him. Um, not sure what's happened to Daniel Ricciardo, but practice isn't a exact uh, show of pace. You never know what they've been running. You might not have been doing as many hot laps, things like that. But um, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a track for the high downforce cars. Um, so I suspect maybe... An interesting battle between Ferrari and Red Bull, potentially Charles Leclerc, Max Verstappen uh, battle. So that so who is your prediction on for the win then? Would your prediction be Max Verstappen? I probably probably would say that. Um, I think when it comes down to the the Red Bull, just that little bit faster than the Ferrari, and I think that Max Verstappen's got the skills to pay the bills when it comes to overtaking. So I don't think he'll shy away from an overtake. Um which is something that's, as we said, is quite difficult in Monaco. So, yeah, I think Verstappen will just get it, get it done. And to save you the hard work, your prediction is Charles Leclerc is going to win. My prediction is not, actually. I'm not going to be as bold as to make a prediction for the win this week. My prediction will be that we will see a Ferrari on the podium. I think that's safe. I think that's that is, a, a that is my prediction for the week. Yeah, I think um, re- yeah, Red Bull and Ferrari are definitely looking promising. Um. The top four, out of the top four in first practice, one, uh, three of the cars were Honda powered, so, um, yeah, and then obviously three practice, two, Ferrari, one, two, so yeah, it's definitely close. Mm. So there may well be, there is, it's fairly close at the front, and there may be a gulf in pace between the rest of the field and the front. And speaking of gulf, it is one of the most iconic liveries in motorsport. The light blue and day-glow orange of the Gulf Oil Company as used in sports cars at Le Mans for many years. Think of that iconic Porsche 917 that Steve McQueen drove in that film. I believe the film was called Le Mans. But it's in F1. McLaren are running it as a one-off livery for the Monaco Grand Prix. And doesn't it look stunning on an F1 car? Oh, it just looks amazing. I- when they initially announced it, the partnership and people were talking about it, and I was like, "Oh, they're gonna get rid of the orange and blue." Well, that's a shame. Um, I just not, I didn't realize just how good it would look on an F one car, and on their car, and yeah, it's just amazing. I love it. It is fantastic. I think it's been one of those bucket list designs that people have been wanting to yeah. see on an F one car for years, and to finally have it now is just fantastic. It is a shame it's a one off livery, although McLaren's yeah. usual colours do look quite good, but I would like to see the Gulf yeah. colour more in one F1 thing personally. Yeah, one thing that's uh, worth mentioning, and I really hope that this isn't true, is um, when Mercedes ran a special livery, they had a god awful race. The same happened to Ferrari, so I just hope that. That's, that's not, not true, a... Ferrari scored points. And Mugello. Then, I thought they had. I thought they had a pretty awful race, but I don't know. Ah, they scored Maybe. points. There was only eleven finishers or so, but they scored points. Both of them. Oh, well, well, <laughs> well, you have to remember that there was only eleven finishers. But so. they. But to finish first, first you must finish. Well, true. Uh, and speaking of finishing first or not finishing or not even racing at all, there has been yet more calendar rejiggings happening. I think from now on, I will be marking the calendar down in pencil uh, as Turkey is now off Turkey which replaced Canada which was off 
and Turkey is now off the calendar has been rejigged a bit uh, the French Grand Prix I believe has been brought forward and we will now see a second race at the Austrian Grand Prix I believe that will be a second Styrian Grand Prix like we saw to open the season last year yeah it's interesting um, yeah the, the kind of Turkey was brought in we all got a bit excited about it and then just as we and I stopped talking about it. They were like, "Oh yeah, Turkey's cancelled." So it's like, "Okay, um, yeah, it's definitely interesting." We're going to got more of the calendar uncertainty that we had last year, obviously due to COVID and stuff. Um, yeah, it's a shame not to see Canada again. It's one of my favourites. Um, certainly in the F one game is one of them that I'm actually not too bad at and don't go into the wall every time. So yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Yes, it is indeed. Uh, my main hope and prayer for the second Austria race is that unlike last year I would very much like them to bring different tyre compounds to the second race because of course last year they brought the exact same tyre compounds to the second race at the Red Bull Ring as they did to the first which meant we got an absolute cracker of a first race in Austria and then the second race was so boring because yeah. they all had all of the data which was annoying well, and when they did two Silverstones last year, they did, they brought different tyres to Silverstone, so I don't know um, if they'll do that again, because it definitely made it more interesting in Silverstone. Silverstone. I can't remember which race was it that Lewis Hamilton won his race on free tyres. Was that the second one? That was, was the, the first one. one. Max Verstappen the first won one. the second one. Right. Well, that was interesting then. Max Verstappen won, what was it, two races last year? Um. Mm. And that was one of them, so I think it definitely could spice things up a bit if they do that. But we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. We shall indeed have to wait and see. That is just about all we have time for. Thank you very much for listening to us. We hope you enjoy the Monaco Grand Prix, and we will speak to you on Sunday evening. Thank you, and goodbye. <laughs>